My coworker won't stop hitting on me, so I help her husband win their divorce. Here's what happened. Subscribe to Am I the Jerk on YouTube and hit the bell for notifications. I work in a small-scale accounting firm, about 150 employees. I get along well with pretty much all of my coworkers except two or three. In this story, I'll introduce you to a female coworker of mine. Let's call her Jessica. Jessica is the office flirt, and while others don't mind, I very much do. My boyfriend and I have been together for six years, and frankly, I don't appreciate someone flirting with me, to an excessive level, and grabbing my butt and things like that. I don't know why she singled me out. Her advances are strongest towards me. I'm not above average attractiveness. If I were to rate myself on 1 to 10, I'd say a strong 6. The first time her advances came on too strong, I calmly rebuffed her, told her I was in a relationship and that I didn't appreciate it and things like that and proceeded to tell HR. That way, she couldn't say I was doing the harassing. For a few weeks, she left me alone. Then she cornered me in the break room. She was wearing a low-cut blue blouse that she was fond of that honestly was against company dress code, but she got away with it by teasing our boss. I can't remember her exact words, but it was something along the lines of, I love men who play hard to get, but I'm getting impatient. She left shortly after. I went to HR again and reported the incident. My boss called me into his office later that day and we had a few words over the incident, and I was essentially laughed out of there. So when I went home for the day, I contacted my boyfriend's brother, a lawyer, and talked to him about my plan. A few days later, she came on to me again. Instead of going to HR, I walked into my boss's office and told him I planned to sue if nothing was done. I had the reports and the confirmation of my female co-workers as evidence, and Jessica was fired the next day. But I wasn't done. For the past nine months, she'd been going through a nasty divorce. I had my significant other's brother contact her soon-to-be ex-husband's lawyer. Turns out, their divorce was because he suspected her of cheating. I volunteered as a character witness against her. My testimony ultimately led to her getting no alimony, he got majority custody of their son, and she had to move. I don't know where you are, Jessica, but if you're reading this, you deserved it, you jerk. I feel like this is the case a lot of the time, where if a man is being sexually harassed, it's really just laughed off, when in reality, they're being made to feel just as uncomfortable as their female co-workers are when they're sexually harassed. I'd like to think if someone came to their boss with an issue like this, that regardless of their gender, it would be handled appropriately. It shouldn't have to come down to the threat of a lawsuit before anything's done. You want me to waste the company's money buttering up the wrong people? If you insist. A number of years ago, I worked for a recruiting company that serviced a major automotive plant in the U.S. This was the first of its kind built in the U.S. and had just recently opened. Now, typically for my company, a business manager slash owner slash administrator would give us hiring orders for new employees. Usually, it's someone in charge who decides to hire new people. With this company, the administration handed the hiring decision to the new hire trainers. Then those trainers would give us the order. I loved these trainers. They were deeply religious, family-oriented guys. Both of them adopted children from rough homes while I knew them. Both were extremely kind and welcoming to my new hires I was sending in, which can be rare in an automotive plant. They'd go on missions with their church to help in struggling areas. While I'm not religious at all myself, I loved how passionate these guys were and how it reflected in working alongside them. The plant lowered production and our orders for new hires slowed. My managers started getting on my butt. Hey, go ask Bill and Ted if there are any new hires they need. Take them to dinner and see if you can talk them into more employees. I explained repeatedly to my boss that Bill and Ted don't make hiring decisions. Those decisions come way over their head and they just relay it. I was told I'm new to this business and don't understand how networking works. 
Finally, my boss's boss got on my butt when he was in the region for a meeting. I needed to push these guys to make new orders. So I checked my limits for how much I could spend schmoozing clients. And then I took these guys all around town for months. A new steakhouse open that you guys want to try? Bring your wives, let's go. Do you guys want to hit the billiards club for lunch? The whole ticket's on me. Does the office want breakfast burritos and coffee delivered? Send your orders in and I'll bring it on my way. At some point, I figured there would be some backlash over the money I was spending. I even found the max I was allowed to tip and was maxing it out every time to give out more money to the waitresses. I was wrong. The plant cycled up again and I think my managers believed those new orders came from the money I was spending, and not just typical ebbs and flows of auto manufacturing. Eventually, I left the company and these guys moved on to other jobs. We had a blast on the company dime while it lasted. I love when the boss thinks that they know how to do the job better than you, even when they've apparently never done it. Sure, maybe normally it would work that way, but as your employee was trying to tell you, this company works a little differently, and the guys that you're telling him to spend a massive amount of money on have nothing to do with the results that you're trying to get. But hey, no complaints as to the results on this one. Seems like some good folks got to enjoy some good food on the company dime. Can't say I blame them. Entitled lady decides to make racist remarks to the one person who could help her. I live in a German-speaking country, and we're known to be very strict about closing times and time limits at our government offices. I happened to witness this incident in one of these offices. I work as a sort of engineer, and went to an office which is dealing with formal requests regarding government-issued assignments. If you want to get such an assignment, you have to bring in paperwork in person up to a specific date. Because of the form and many things that happen in my industry, it's quite common to bring in the paperwork on the last possible day. It was close to closing time and I was waiting for someone when a woman entered the room, obviously in a rush, heading to the counter where paperwork has to be submitted. The counter was empty at the time. While she rushes across the waiting area, her paperwork slides out of her arms and falls onto the ground, spreading all over. As she's trying to put it all together, a man, who looked Middle Eastern, tried to help her. But when he touched her, she let out a shriek and told him to get back where he belongs and told him not to touch her paperwork. Obviously a racist remark telling him to go back to his own country of origin. A quite common statement here. Without a word, he gets up and steps behind the counter the woman was headed for. When she finally finished picking up her papers, she heads to the counter, realizing that he's there. Just as she reaches him, he puts up a sign saying closed, and points to the clock which had just reached closing time. Her face went blank as she stammered to please make an exception, but she surely knew from the beginning that this was a pointless request. If she had let him help her, I'm sure she would have been able to put in the paperwork. I can just make an assumption that she either wasn't able to put in the paperwork at all, or at least had to come in again the next day. Surely not what her boss was expecting. How are you going to actually expect this man to help you after what you just said to him? That takes a lot of guts to even ask. I'm surprised she didn't just look up, see him behind the counter, turn around, and walk away. You know what the result's going to be. I sincerely hope that her not getting this paperwork in on time really screwed her over. Maybe she'll learn her lesson. Our entitled Karen neighbor thinks we won't call the cops on her because her husband's a cop. Well, guess what? In our mid-twenties, my husband and I purchased and moved into our rather modest first house with our infant daughter. I made a big effort to meet and befriend our neighbors, and all of them warned me to be careful of one particular person, Jane. Jane had lived in the street for three years at this point, and had earned herself the nickname Big Fat Jane, as she was manipulating, intimidating, and thoroughly awful. Jane ran a daycare from her house, but neighbors on both sides reported hearing her scream at the children and leave them unsupervised in the garden. 
It's important to note that Jane's partner is a police officer. The neighbors were scared of retaliation if they reported her or stood up to her. It seemed Jane would use this to get away with her horrific behavior. Our house had a driveway with a dropped curb big enough for one car, but we could fit both if you blocked in the first and only used the second car. Parking on the street was very limited and we had double yellow lines outside our house, not allowed to stop or park there. During some essential roof work, our driveway was taken up by scaffolding in a skip, so we parked in the street, and my husband parked outside of Big Fat Jane's house. The next day, when he went to his car, Big Fat Jane came running down her path shouting at him. She screamed about his anti-social parking, that his car would be towed, and that he could expect it to be scratched up if he left it there any longer. My husband calmly explained it was a public road and she had no right to police the space. Her screeches at this point were loud enough that I and several of our neighbors heard and came to see what the commotion was. Her partner was perched at the door during all of this, saying and doing nothing. When she saw me outside with our daughter, she pointed and screamed, You'll have the social on you if you don't screw off. I'll scratch you right up. At this point, I told my husband to come back and we were calling the police. She responded, Call the police. I freaking dare you. He's a policeman. He'll freaking sort you out. You won't know what hit you. At this point, my husband looked at her husband and said, Is that right? And you're still agreeing with what she said? The partner nodded and said, You need to move or accept the consequences. You call the police, it won't get you anywhere. Finally, when I took out my phone and dialed the non-police emergency number on speakerphone and made a police report, both of them looked a lot less confident. Big Fat Jane stood there open-mouthed, then grabbed her partner and slammed the door. We haven't heard from her since. Her partner was placed on suspension due to the allegation, and further allegations from our neighbors. He then returned to an admin role. After our confrontation, Big Fat Jane was given a warning for a public order offense. However, due to a number of reports, her daycare closed and she's no longer able to mind children. Their house is up for sale. However, because she made a number of modifications without proper planning or works people, its price is significantly lower than they expected. And they're in negative equity, all because of a parking space. Some jerks just don't know when to not pick a fight. I'd honestly like to know why it bothered her so much that he was parked there. Is it just because it's in front of your house? He's not hurting anyone by being parked there. It's not causing you any inconvenience if he's not blocking your driveway. And surely after a brief explanation, you'd understand that they can't use their own driveway. They have nowhere else to park. You're just being a jerk for the sake of being a jerk. And the disgusting part is that she thinks she can get away with it because she has a cop for a husband. Honestly, it bothers me that he got his job back at all. But hey, at least there was some justice done and she's leaving the neighborhood so no one else has to deal with her anymore. My now ex-friend has been cut out of our friends group for not believing me about my service dog. I just want to start by saying I'm pretty sure I'm not the jerk. But my friends and her family are pretty certain that I am. I'm a 24-year-old female with epilepsy. I have a service dog who's fully certified, who's trained to help me with my seizures. I've been diagnosed since a child, and I've had my current dog Bailey for four years now, and she's the bestest girl around. Before Bailey, I had a previous service dog who we had to retire due to old age, but having a service animal is by no means new for me. With her being a service dog, she's obviously always with me. I have a core friend group who hangs out quite often. My one friend, let's call her Anna, also 24 year old female, always makes really weird and almost passive aggressive comments about me and Bailey. 
For example, dogs shouldn't come to restaurants. I'm inconveniencing people and things like that. She doesn't get that I legitimately need her for my own safety. It's not just for show. My seizures are really regular. For context, I actually get two different kinds. My small ones are petite mouse seizures. This essentially just looks like I'm zoning out and staring into space. Quite often, people who don't know me wouldn't even connect this. My big ones are my main concern. These are focal seizures, where I lose consciousness. This can happen a couple times a day for me, so it's obviously really important that I manage it to the best of my abilities. Anyways, our friend Anna wanted to host a games night type thing at her house. When we were there, she lost it on me. She told me it was incredibly disrespectful that I showed up with Bailey without asking for permission first. That I can't just assume people will be happy with a dog always being around. That I should have just stayed home if I couldn't handle being out for a few hours without Bailey. I tried apologizing and pointing out that I assumed she knew I was bringing her since I've never gone anywhere without her. That set her off even more. The guys were finally able to calm her down, but her compromise was I had to put Bailey in the backyard. I was an idiot and said fine, because I didn't want to inconvenience anyone more or continue stirring the pot. Bailey went outside and I returned inside with my friends. I ended up having a seizure, blacking out and smashing my head on the floor. I had to go to the hospital because of how hard I hit my head. I guess my friend group really gave it to Anna, calling her hateful, toxic, and a jealous witch. I guess she was trying to say that I passed out for the attention and I got my way like always. Long story short, no one wants her around anymore. Since this happened, her, her sister, and mom have been blowing up my phone, calling me the jerk and demanding I fix this situation. And it's honestly getting to me. So, am I the jerk? I don't understand how anyone could view our original poster as the jerk in this situation. They have a medical condition. There's a reason they've been assigned a service dog that they have with them all the time. Putting our poster in danger because you think they're faking it or making it up for attention or something like that is incredibly short-sighted. Regardless of what you think, are you really willing to take that chance? Medically certified doctors have said that she has this condition. What makes you, some suburban stuck-up jerk, more qualified to make that decision than a doctor? And all this based on sight alone? No, I think it's very clear who's the jerk in this instance. My mother-in-law's obsession with my son has gotten out of hand. I have a four-year-old and I'm due with baby number two mid-year. My husband, 27, and I, 25, have been together since we were teens. My mother-in-law, 47, was jealous from the get-go of our relationship. I've read up a bit on this and apparently it's to do with her not having her emotional needs met by a partner, so they subconsciously use their son to meet those needs. Then, when I fell pregnant with my now four-year-old, she kept saying, my baby, and sometimes would let slip and start referring to my husband as our child's brother. This continued my whole pregnancy, and she would boast about it to anyone and everyone. Then he was born, and it was all amplified. She wanted to take him to spend alone time with him from the time he was a couple weeks old, and would be offended when we said no. She would always say that grandma loves him more than his parents do. She would kick up a giant stink whenever she wasn't able to take him out alone. She never wanted to spend time with him around us. There were so many times where we tried to set boundaries, but she would always do it her way and guilt trip us. When we would do things together, she would physically push the pram out of my hands, and she would push the pram everywhere anytime we were together. She'd always say, I'll push my baby, and I was never allowed. 
she would never correct people if they assumed she was his mother. And as his parents, we thought that was too weird. He's always her grandson, but never ever is he our son. Anytime we do anything, it's always about her. It's like she's now using my son to meet her emotional needs, which even though it's subconscious, to me, it's sick. I've tried to place more boundaries, but always get met with guilt trips. When we go places together where my son will experience what I call first, all of those things are taken over by her. Even just small details like going to buy a drink. She needs to take him instead of us. She either takes him and does them without us, or I'll say, hey, maybe he could do that with his parents too. And she'll be unhappy in making sure he holds on to her hand, and he's sitting next to her and not us. She always, always makes sure if he comes over to me that she gets his attention back onto her. She constantly, constantly tells him she loves him the most. He's her favorite. He's her favorite person. Anytime we do anything together to make her the center of his attention. Now that I'm having another baby, also a boy, I've been worried it'll be the same thing all over again. But it's not. I caught her telling my son, Don't worry, you'll always be grandma's favorite. You're grandma's boy. You won't have to share. I'll always be your favorite person. And that's just horrible. She's saying things like, You and grandma can do things together and mom and dad can have the new baby. Am I the jerk for thinking that this is just absurd behavior? No, definitely not the jerk. You're probably onto something with her need for an emotional attachment. She's taking loving and doting grandma to a whole new level, to a point where it's actually becoming a problem. And the fact that she's so willing to disregard the new baby that's coming shows that it's not really about being a grandma. She seems to need the love from this child. Now, I'm assuming that she had the same emotional attachment with her own son. Like our poster said, she had a very hard time letting him go. And now she sees an opportunity to replace that. It's very clear how much she values this relationship, which means that she should be able to take a step back and understand that that's what she's taking away from our poster. She's taking away that bonding with her son. It's just an incredibly jerk move, no matter what way you look at it. Our poster says that talks have happened and unfortunately to no result. So I don't really know what the next step is for you here. I guess you're gonna have to lay down an ultimatum and your mother-in-law is gonna have to make the choice. I'm refusing to attend my brother's wedding because of the dress code. My brother is getting married in a few months, and his future wife recently asked me to be part of her bridal party. I was thrilled and excited to be included, but then she informed me that the dress code for the bridal party was gender specific, with women expected to wear dresses and men expected to wear suits. As someone who identifies as non-binary and is more masculine presenting, I'm uncomfortable with conforming to a gender binary that doesn't accurately represent me. I brought this up with my brother and his fiance, but they insisted that they wanted all their guests to adhere to the dress code, regardless of how it made them feel. I ultimately decided that I didn't want to attend the wedding as I didn't feel comfortable being pressured to conform to a gender binary that doesn't accurately represent me. My brother and his fiancé are now upset at me, accusing me of being difficult and not willing to compromise. After a fight with them, I found out they went behind my back and involved my mom. She called me yesterday and told me to put aside my identity for one day to make the day special for my little brother. I now feel bad and didn't realize something as small as the clothes I feel comfortable wearing would cause a rift within my family. So, am I the jerk for refusing to go to the wedding? 
This one's a little tough for me to comment on. This is a situation where it's just hard for me to see it from our original poster's point of view. The best I can do to compare is say, well, what if someone asked me to wear a dress to a wedding? I probably wouldn't feel comfortable with it either. So in that sense, I totally get where our original poster is coming from. It also does kind of seem like this rule may have been made specifically targeted at our poster. It's not typically something you normally state outright that men will wear suits and women will wear dresses, unless you're expecting something different. Though, I would like to think that you would want your sister to be at your wedding, whether she's wearing a suit or not. It shouldn't matter more than it does that they be there. I don't know. Like I said, this one's hard for me to comment on. I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say in the comments. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, give Am I the Genius a shot, linked in the description as well. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.